Hello, and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is season two, episode 10, What's My Line, part two. <laughs> Remember la- in right. the last episode two, we were like so many numbers and so qualifiers. It's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, so we're we're finally back on this one. Uh, for anybody listening, this is you're you're having about the same distance in between episodes as we had recording it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we've it's been like almost three weeks, I think, because we yeah. we both got busy the last two weeks. Yeah, um, but yeah, so this is the conclusion of uh, the big the big um, order of Tarakas and getting yep. Drusilla's powers back and Kendra having a new Slayer, like so many things. So this yep. is the big conclusion of that. Um, it's very cool. I was mentioning to Kristen before we start recording that there was something I forgot to bring up in the last episode, at least from my memory. Um, and it was the, the worms guy. Did we talk about him at all? The assassin that turns into worms? We or didn't, whatever, but or- I think... The big set piece of that is in this episode. It is, right. Like, it introduces him, but we just, like, Cordelia, like, meets him, and the whole, like, everything happens in this one. I'm Norman Pfister with Blush Beautiful Skin Care and Cosmetics. I was wondering if I might interest you in some free samples. Free? Right. Maybe yeah. that, I, I might have been putting it off to this one because, and not to just, like, dive right into the middle of the episode, mm-hmm. but it was like, it's on my brain right now is it's such a, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems like such a sexist trope that they have him as in the story where it's just like showing him going up to women and being like, I've got makeup, it's free. Like, I've got these free (laughs) samples. And it's like, oh, women, they'll let anyone in their house for free stuff. Sure. It It does also suck, like, for Cordelia specifically, because he's like, it like works a charm for Cordelia. She just right. is like, yeah, free makeup. <laughs> yeah, and it's on. just, but although to that end, she does have a little bit of like an Elle Woods moment where he basically just is like, women will let me in if I have free makeup. And she's like, do you have anything in the Barry family? <laughs> and she's like very like intent on it. And she has like right. all the words and the language and everything in a way that I, he was like not anticipating. He was, he was not prepared for that at all. <laughs> 9.99 tax included. You said that already. Yeah, and she's she's compared to the first woman in the in the first uh, part of this story where she was like, kind of like judging. She's just like, I don't know about you, and he's yeah. just like, Hey, I'm not asking you to buy anything. It's all just free sample. She's all free and lets him in the house and then screams. <laughs> but then also, hilariously, you see the slowness. Of his capability yeah. with Xander and Cordelia. And I'm like, what did he do to that woman that she could not have done what they did? Just like yeah. literally run out of your house. It's like, that, it's that's the thing is like, it's not even like fast bugs or poisonous bugs. He's like literally just turning into maggots. Right. And, and I'm like, that takes on so long. If you just don't let the maggot get on you, right. you'll be fine. It's He's like, just, he's just gross. Yeah, he's like, he I'm going to get on gross. you and give you the ickies. It is also one of my favorite Xander lines towards the end where he, he and Cordelia are fighting and he's like, yeah, I hired a Latvian bug man just yeah. to try to get, just to try to make out with you. It's so <laughs> funny. That's great. Yeah, the Xander, Xander Cordelia love story finally kicking off in this episode is yep. also one of my favorite. The, the, 
the anger buildup and the uh-huh. score when they kiss oh, yeah. is just what it's so campy and cheesy and fun. I love it. You know what? I'm going. I'd rather be worm food than look at your pathetic face. Then go. I'm not stopping you. I bet you wouldn't. I bet you'd let a girl go off to her doom all by herself. Not just any girl. You're special. I can't believe that I'm stuck spending what will probably be my last few moments on Earth here with you! I hope these are my last moments. Three more seconds with you and I'm gonna... I'm gonna what, coward? Moron. I hate you! I hate you! (laughs) We so need to get out of here. It's so good. I love it, too, because they've been a little bit dancing around each other for a handful of episodes in a way that, like, they've gotten a little more pointed with their barbs and a little, you know, they've had to work together a little bit more and stuff. So I do love that we get the payoff, especially in this episode, which doesn't have a lot of other humor. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a more intense episode. And so I do love that that those moments exist where it's just the music crescendos and they just start furiously making out like yeah. three different times in this episode. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's I, I get like, I get a big smile on my face every time I watch this mm-hmm. episode and they start fighting and I'm just like waiting for that score moment to hit where it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I also do. I mean, you know, we've obviously talked ad nauseum about our feelings for Xander, but I actually do like him a lot with Cordelia. I think yeah. that they are fun together. I think they have a weirdly healthy relationship when it doesn't feel like they should. Yeah, I really I really like Xander and Cordelia together. I think they bring out good parts of each other's character. It's funny, too, because on paper, before this, if someone was just like, oh, we're going to have Xander and Cordelia be a mm-hmm. thing, I probably would have been like, huh? what? No, but it works. It works. It's one of those things where it's like, it's partially a relationship of convenience because they're both together right. all the time. They're just like always in the group together all the time. But I do also, you can see how they actually like each other. Right, yeah. It, like eventually. They don't like each other yet, but you can see how it could grow into that. Also, it works. It's it's another thing, too, that it works for now as mm-hmm. a high school relationship. But Xander in season seven of Buffy and Cordelia in season five, the hundredth episode of season five. Sure. Um, uh, they, they would never be together no who they become oh yeah i would even argue that like you know late season one of angel cordelia is too far is too far ahead of xander she goes so far past him so far he does not get any sort of emotional maturity to that level until season seven at the bare minimum and it's like the like we've talked about before the comics for the most part and they just kind of, they just go on different paths. Like, this is great yeah. for now, but they would not be a lasting relationship, which is no. fine. That's what happens in high yeah. school. You date people, you move on. Um, also, I felt, I read a fun fact. I, I didn't know this. I was just looking up on the Buffa, Buffy wiki. That Bianca Lawson, who plays Kendra, uh, for our listeners, was originally cast to play Cordelia Chase, but couldn't oh. because of scheduling conflicts. Interesting. Yeah. I, that would have been very interesting. I prefer this. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Chris Carpenter is Cordelia Chase. Yeah. And I love I love Bianca Lawson, but I guess maybe it's a failing on my part. I think she's on that show Queen Sugar, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't know that she's got the chops to be like a lead like that. 
You know what I mean? I think yeah. I think it's not it would not have been quite right. It wouldn't she wouldn't have been nailing these lines. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know. Although she's I, I've seen her play a bitch pretty well. So it's not that part. I don't know. I just I would have to see her in something else that's similar in order to fully imagine it. Because as it stands now, I can't imagine it. I honestly can't imagine anybody playing any of these roles. Yeah. Differently than what was cast because they're uh, because they're so like burned into our brains. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then also on Kendra, I mean, we didn't and we didn't even really we don't really need a recap of this episode because if you're following along, it's the continuation of the yeah. of part one. Um, Kendra, who was just revealed to be a vampire slayer at the end of the first part. One more time, you're the who. M. Slayer. A nice cover story. But here's a tip. You might want to try it on someone who's not the real Slayer. Um, is reluctantly joining the Scoobies, and she's kind of uh, <clears throat> an example of... Because we were talking about this. We've been talking about this yeah. a lot. I think we first started talking about it around the episode Angel in season one. Um, she's... She Buffy is successful as a slayer because she's surrounded by friends, yeah, and she's constantly able to be saved, and she's using she, and she's resourceful. Yep. And Kendra's like the prime example of like the Watchers Council raising a slayer, making her ignore outside world and why they go through them like paper, cutting her off from her family. Exactly, yeah, yeah. like just just using her as a tool essentially, which is the the grossness of the Watchers Council yeah. in, in its entirety, which which they get into later in the series. Um, but I really, I, I like, I like and hate the purpose that Kendra serves. Yeah. Because I like that it shows like, oh, this is what your life um, would be. This is what Buffy's life would be. She would be a very, very thin sliver of Slayer in a long line of Slayers that yeah. come to power, die, and the next one gets called. I hate it. It's like it's it's a good juxtaposition. I hate it because I want Kendra along yeah. for the ride for the whole time. <laughs> for sure. And but it, it's it is that type of thing where it's like having seen the whole picture, it's like do I want to keep Faith or to keep Kendra then at the expense of Faith? But because I that's feel like also you could have all three, which would we be awesome. We could do it. We could, we could have had it all, like Adele they said. Could, they could just like accidentally kill Kendra and then save her, just like they did with Buffy. And then I have do, faith. I do feel like I mentioned that last week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. It is one of the things that's that like sort of sucks because it's like I want I want more Kendra for sure. Although she was gigging pretty hard in these years, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. Um. But I definitely agree. I really like her. But then it's sort of like I that is how I feel where I'm like, do I want more of her at the expense of getting faith? Because not really. So it's like it's a very, you know, six True, of yeah. one, half a dozen of the other. I can't, I, you know, it's hard to decide for sure. Or or even it would have been cool if I mean, this is kind of a major spoiler. We won't say why, but Kendra won't be around after this season. She comes back for one more episode. Um but it would be so cool to uh, to kind of have her jumping in. Like, she doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be a part of the main story like Faith was. Because sure. Faith was really only season three, and then she comes back in seven. And yeah. she's on Angel, obviously. But um, 
I think it would be cool to have her like she's like oh yeah you know I'm you know I'm part of your team but like there's a whole bunch of shit happening over where I'm from so I'm mm-hmm. gonna go protect that and then she comes back every once in a while and sure then you get I, a cool team up or something that'd be interesting yeah my thing kind of also though is like I don't really understand what is so important back where she's from that you wouldn't want two slayers on the hellmouth yeah a hundred yeah that doesn't <laughs> make any feels- sense way more important although i mean we we haven't met any of the watchers council yet but they are not entirely on the up and up so it once we find out more about them it does sort of make sense that they wouldn't want buffy to have help but we have no indication of that yet so they might also like this is just us writing our own um hit our own reasons for it but like maybe the watchers council didn't want buffy to be a bad influence for kendra because she just mm. doesn't listen to authority and kendra does yeah <laughs> much like they i don't think they wanted faith to influence buffy any more than she did yeah um but we're just getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah for sure that's the risk that we run yeah <laughs> every time um but yeah so so kendra and buffy talk kendra's did we talk about kendra's accent yeah it's a little it's a little tough apparently it was a last minute addition is what i looked up the accent they said the addition of the quote-unquote jamaican accent to the character was a last minute decision and a dialect coach was brought in he taught lawson a dialect supposedly from a specific obscure region of jamaica cast crew fans and even bianca lawson herself have stated that it sounded like a very bad impersonation of a common jamaican accent yeah and there's been, I was looking it up on like Reddit and everything and so yeah. many people are, there's like mixed reportings. Like some people are like, oh yeah, it was, it was a last minute thing. They brought in a dialect coach and other people are like, there was no dialect coach. This was just a random, like, I, they just I just, made up I don't, accent. yeah, I don't believe there was a dialect coach specifically because I know that Anthony Head has, his accent is more posh or no, his accent is more like. Spike's accent in real life and he sort of trained James Marsters to do his Spike accent so I'm like so that that we're doing behind the scenes with just the actors but for this girl that's in three episodes you hired a dialect coach I don't believe you no no not at all there's no way yeah that does yeah that's that's actually I never even thought about that it's like this main character yeah who is like a, a tentpole of the series yeah gets gets i mean and granted it's anthony stewart's head's own accent so like it makes sense that he's teaching but like gets nothing he gets yeah. another actor helping him whereas right. bianca lawson comes over two episodes are like let's bring in a dialect coach and do some obscure like why there's yeah, no, no reason to it i don't buy it <laughs> I don't buy that theory. <laughs> no. I'm saying no. <laughs> they're, they're tr- I think they're retroactively kind of trying to come up with reasons why. They're like, yeah. oh, it was this random guy whose name doesn't exist, it's his fault. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's like, it's not amazing. There's also, there's a couple things I never really thought about before, but it's like, you know, Bianca Lawson is obviously beautiful and her hair is all done and she's got like cool braids and she's wearing big earrings and a big necklace and everything and then she has that line when when she's fighting and she's like that's me favorite shirt that's me only shirt and I was like I'm sorry that's your only shirt and you have 
like silver hoops the size of my fist on your yeah. there's no way it's just like there's, yeah. there's a lot of things where it's like that's a funny line but if you think about it for like even one extra second you're like that does not check out that does <laughs> that not make sense literally happened to me. i wrote that yeah. down too i was just like i was laughing and i went wait a minute yeah that doesn't make any sense no sense why at is all. this your only shirt i because mean, it's not even like that's the only shirt i brought it's like right. that's my only shirt <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I shenanigans. Shenanigans? No. Oh. Talking about shenanigans, right? It's also that just makes it feel a little bit dicey. Where it's like, I mean, I know that they weren't trying to go for this, but it's like Buffy has all the clothes she could ever want, and it's like, why does Kendra only have one shirt? Right. And a terrible, uh, sort semi-offensive accent. Yeah. It's just. It's, yeah, like were they? Yeah. Trying to imply something. Uh, yeah. And... It's just kind of tough, like. In the present day, because I I like Kendra so much, but it would it's one of those things where like maybe if she had been able to stick around, we could have just like slowly dropped her accent like Elizabeth Olsen in the Marvel movies. Right. <laughs> where like at the end of WandaVision, she's just American. Right. <laughs> she's just speaking straight English. What happened to your accent? What happened to yours? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that w- that would have been great. I mean this this show has a a litany of bad accents. Like yeah. angels, Irish accent. Oh, God. I'd offer myself as escort to protect you from harm and to while away the dole hours. Don't get uh. me started. <laughs> Which we'll cover in It's depth. okay. It's especially bad because the people who who are putting on accents, I like, I thought James Marsters was British. Right. For like 10 years. And then I was like, he's from Modesto, California. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. That so always like, blew me away. Yeah, him and like I think Juliet Landau. I don't think she's actually British. I think she was born yeah. in America too. So yeah. they are so good at it that it's just sort of like, how are the rest? How are you making the rest of these people who aren't good at it do it? Right. It's like it's it just feels rude at a certain point. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of Kendra, she she reveals that she locked. Uh, she locked Angel in the cage. She reveals yeah. to the Scoobies, like, well, he seemed like an animal or whatever. Um, this he does kind- He does do that, though. If he's not speaking to somebody he already knows, he is, like, full dick mode every time. Yeah. He postures, like, he's yeah. this threat. And I'm like, Dude, maybe back off a little bit. A hundred percent. But he, <laughs> I had kind of an eye roll moment when... Angel is super. I don't know if I've ever thought about this or if I just think about this and ignore it, but I think you're about um, to say something that I thought too. Is it Angel being super weak next to the sun? Yes, he was. It wasn't even <laughs> close to touching him yet. It's like, I was like, we've seen vampire, we've seen Spike driving in the sun. I mean, we will see Spike sure. driving in sunlight with like it all around him and he's totally fine. Like, yeah. the sun being near you doesn't weaken you yeah. as a vampire. Like, what is this? He's like, look, Willie's able to drag him out of the cage and then yeah. he's weak and Spike can carry him away. Like, that doesn't make any no. sense. No, no sense at all. Be, especially because Kendra didn't like kick his ass before he, she shoved him in there. No. Look, I don't like to say this word very often, but Angel's being a real pussy in this episode. <laughs> like across the board, it is just like parade of idiocy the entire yeah. time because it's like this. And then at, towards at the end, after they've done the, you know, he's like hanging there like mid uh, ritual with Drusilla and 
wouldn't you know it? He's deep breathing through the pain. And I was like, oh, I thought you didn't breathe because you yeah. can't save Buffy's life in the season one finale. You make you up your mind. Shit. <laughs> it's just like, but I definitely, when he was like, it's like a week, like a kitten in yeah. the, in the cage. I was like, no, I was like, this is some bullshit. There's yeah, no that way. Didn't make any sense. Not at all. I feel like that was, um, potentially like an idea that they had. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that vampires would get weak the more they are exposed to secondary sunlight. Um, and then I mean, they just maybe. abandoned it. Like, they never do it again, from my recollection. We'll see no. when we rewatch. But. And it's especially weird because it's like, this isn't even a vampire mythos that, like, forces them to sleep in coffins to keep the sun away. They sleep in beds, in bedrooms. Right. It, it, it's like not... There, it, none of this is like a thing it, I don't know it's very it's a really weird thing to have happen in this moment I mean like unless Willie drugged him or something that we just didn't see but I don't that doesn't yeah yeah but then we should have seen it right but then there still wouldn't been a re- wouldn't have been a reason for Willie to overpower Angel Angel was right. at full power in that cage yeah and nothing has stopped him from having that full back. It's, du- it's yeah. dumb. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. It, it was necessary to move the story along, but when you think about it too much, you're just like, no, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, it is kind of one of those Joss Whedon specials where you're just like, I mean, I guess if that's what we're doing to get this over yeah. with, then fine. <laughs> but like... It would have been great if she just like wounded him. Yeah. Like if he had like, a, if he was just sitting there with like a a spear through his arm or something sure and was healing and that's why he was exhausted yeah or if i mean if she had like cut him a bunch or something if he was like drained of some blood or something but no it's like literally she beats him around for like two seconds shoves him in the cage and locks it and it's like it's an eastern exposure later and then nothing else happens so dumb yeah um but and Angel does do a brave thing in trying to get Spike to kill him. Yeah. Later. Yep. Take care of her, Spike. The way she touched me just now, I can tell when she's not satisfied. I said, uh, shut up. Oh, or maybe you two just don't have the fire we have. That's enough. Spike, no. Go. Right. Right, you almost got me. Aren't you a throw himself to the lion sort of sap these days? If only he had followed through. (laughs) (laughs) It would be your favorite episode. (laughs) I do actually really like that. I think we're jumping a little ahead, but I do like when Spike comes in and Angel's basically like implying that he and Drusilla had sexual relations. Mm. I'm thinking he's speaking in past tense because i don't think drusilla did anything during the torture in this episode yeah uh, although because the way he says it she says okay so here's here's where my brain's fighting itself angel and drusilla and angel and spike and drusilla and spike and all of them banged each other when they were vampires 100 percent. 100 percent. there is also there there are later episodes I don't know if there's any in Buffy, but there are absolutely later episodes of Angel where it is just this side of outright stated 
that yeah. Angel and Spike, Spike boned. I guess I don't have to worry about that because Angel and me have never been intimate. Except that one. A hundred percent. So... Uh, so they definitely did. I'm always under the impression that Spike knew. Spike had to have known. And so about Drusilla and Angel. Um, but when Angel is saying the innuendos that you can say on a network television about what <laughs> sure. he's done with um, Drusilla, Spike seems confused and angry. And he's like, what's he talking about, pet? Well, that uh, dog. And I was like, why are we keeping it a secret? Because I think he knows. No, because it, it's because it's now. It's because it's happening now. That's what I mean. He knows that it happened in the past because they were all together when it happened in the past. But I think it's like it's worse now because it's been only him and Drusilla for like 100 years. That's what I mean. So Angel's implying that he and Drusilla just did something. Yes. Right. Just now. While she was torturing him, she, like, did things. Well, I think, I, I'm, so, uh, full disclosure, I watched the first 30 minutes of this episode a week ago, and then the last 10 minutes of it today, <laughs> so, I, um, I didn't it, have Kristen. time, I didn't have time to do the whole thing, but doesn't, doesn't he say, when he's trying to get Spike angry and to, like, kill him, doesn't he say something about, like, you must not be keeping her satisfied, given how she, like, went to town on me? Right. Isn't it something like that? I think it's yeah. just like, even if it's not about them having actually done something sexual, I think because of how much she's torturing Angel, I think it's like a you're not keeping her satisfied in a multitude of ways. Like any of these ways, she's not satisfied with you. She needs me. Right. That's true. In order just to get Spike mad enough to try to kill him. And maybe even she might have said something like Spike doesn't know how to treat me like you do. Yeah, but um. that would have all happened off camera. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. he might be implying, like, she conveyed that. To she me said that, something. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's why she's like, shh, rough, bad dog, which yeah. is one of my favorite things it's, ever. Um, it's very funny. She's so good at it, too. <laughs> she's so good. But um, that's, that's the thing is, like, I don't think that he's still angry. I don't think Spike is still angry about stuff that happened like that in the past. I think yeah. he's angry that it might have happened right now today. Exactly. That that's what I was trying to get at was like I I don't think he would be mad about it so it has to be about what just happened whether Correct. it was Drusilla telling him yeah. or Drusilla doing something to him which is a whole lot worse but yeah. I guess we'll never really know what happened when the camera turned away. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's dark and then he basically riles Spike up to try to get him to kill him because he would rather die than have Drusilla be returned to full power. Yeah. Which is and heroic. he and he knows that yeah I mean it's it's not that he's not often there in the clutch but like he's not there leading up to it no so it's like so in so he has to be there in the clutch only like right. he's only ever there at the end of stuff when we could have we could have avoided that ending if only you had been there sooner right so that's my that's my main issue with. Yeah, keeping it, keeping it secret. And yeah. he's like, well, okay, last minute, last minute, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, when he's getting tortured by Drusilla, he's... Uh, Is he doing a lot more deep breathing again? <laughs> n- uh, no, but he's... So he's like tied to the bed and she's pouring wax on his chest and she's basically... She's reading him uh, for his what he did to her family, essentially, mm. which is... A little weird 
the way because he's just like if i could have stopped it and she tells him to shut up and she's like and then you know they wanted to have cake and have a party and you ripped out all their throats and she says it in kind of like a i'm mad at you kind of way and Mm. not in a I am happy you did that because she's insane and she doesn't care about her family. So that's the thing where it's like, for her, I'm more willing to overlook things she says that are slightly confusing to the plot because (laughs) she is just bonkers. Right. So like if Drusilla says something and I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. And I'm like, well, Drusilla doesn't really make sense. So that's (laughs) That's, fine. That is so fair. (laughs) Yeah. That makes total yeah. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Well, you don't make sense. So well, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. So that's the whole torture scene. I mean, that's most of the torture scene. I think she's also. I think she's pouring holy water on him. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because it's like um, it's less sexy than candle wax. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like really tortury. <laughs> Even when I said candle wax, I was like, wait, that sounds kinky. And I, I think it was yeah, something that was. Like, that feels like something that. Angel would probably enjoy more than yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, buy me dinner first. So <laughs> the next scene, I think, is our one, the next scene to talk about is Buffy and Kendra are in the school and a cop attacks Buffy. Yep. Yeah. When she's wearing her sad overalls again. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Buffy is dressed very frumpily in this episode. Everything is just like a bags hanging yeah. on her. It's like, it's so funny for me, Buffy's clothes in season two, because it's like there, there's not a lot of middle ground. It's either like really cute and something I would still wear today, or it's like the saddest clothes I've ever seen. The saddest 90s clothes. Yeah, it's like there's no in-between in season no. two of this show. No. It, it, it really is either end of the spectrum only. The costume designer was very literal in what emotion yeah. she was in. Yo, <laughs> she's yeah. in a good headspace or she's in a bad headspace. Definitely. Those are our outfits. <laughs> That's um, Those are the only choices. Yeah. <laughs> she's never feeling kind of iffy. It's always yeah. the the literal end of the world or top of the world. I was also thinking about the when this cop tries to kill Buffy in the scene, I always think I had two thoughts. One was, dear God, this could you imagine this scene happening today? Like a no, a cop assaulting a child in high school, but then also a shooting in in high school in like, a high school. Yeah, yeah, this whole because she just does whip out her pistol. And starts shooting and at her. starts but shooting that's... at Buffy, but then just shooting like wildly into right. a group of students. And so that was the other thought I had, where I was like, "How in the next scene are they in the library? Why do the police not have this whole school shut down?" Like, yeah, a, pol- a quote unquote police officer was just shooting randomly at students in high yeah. school. Well, Why and is she this not a big Oz. event? <laughs> right. She gets Oz in the arm. <laughs> It's a very like Sunnydale just lets. I mean, it's also part of like they're all you know part of the government within Sunnydale, so they do what the mayor wants. So yeah. I'm sure he was just like, don't <laughs> investigate. Um, but yeah, that that did that. It is alarming to watch that now. You're like, oh, this is in poor taste. It's not. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, but it was also this is also uh a couple years before Columbine. <clears throat> Uh, happened mm, yeah like a year oh uh, yeah it's like one year before yeah, Columbine, a year year and so. a half probably so um they didn't really have <laughs> and then columbine does affect another school shooting episode yep. the following year season three which we'll get into 
Um, yeah, because I have concerns about... I have alternate concerns about that episode. <laughs> oh, really? Not even from a school shooting standpoint. It's about the the scope of the weapon that oh, yes. is acquired. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, there's... there's uh, yes, I cannot wait to talk about that because yeah. it makes no sense. That's another thing no, that makes no sense. No sense. At all. sense. <laughs> Why is it that weapon? Um, and then Xander meets Kendra... And by all by all accounts, Xander should be in awe of Kendra. She's another beautiful woman in yeah. his in his circle, mm-hmm. and he treats her like nobody. Yeah, he is so belittling to her. He's like, "So, you're a slayer, huh? I like that new woman. A hope, a, a thank you. I mean, sir, um." I will be of service. Great. Good. It's good to be a giver. Uh, every time there's an attractive woman, you can't speak right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, what's different? I mean, <laughs> there's what's... something different. And I don't want to say it's that. Yeah. But they're not. But it might be that. They're, that's the problem <clears throat> is like, I think the difference is. Not so much them implying the um, inert racism racism yeah. of Xander. I think it's inert. Is that right? Is that the right word? It inner, works. I guess yeah. inner racism. Um, it's not necessarily them writing that latent. into Xander's character. Latent. Yeah. Um, they're not writing that into Xander's character, I don't think. I think... That's the writer's own bias. Sure. Looking down on... That could be. ...this black slayer who came in. In defense of Xander for a moment, I will say that Kendra has no confidence. Right. Like, in in a personal way. She's very confident in her abilities, but, like, Buffy is a confident girl also, and that's very appealing. And so, like, every time Xander walks by... Kendra looks down at the ground and she's never talked to a boy before in her life and stuff like that. So it's like you can kind of get around it if you're thinking about it that way. But again, it it reads tough. I mean, yeah, the the mummy girl was very shy and he was very into her as well. So then, yeah. Which have we? Did, yeah, we did that episode. We yeah. did that episode. So yeah, so yeah, he's. I mean, and yeah, because the confidence things works for Cordelia. Yeah, and it works for Buffy. It didn't necessarily work for Mummy Girl. So it's. I don't. I don't think. Well, I know that they're not writing that into his character because yeah. they never. That's not part of his story at all. Yeah. No. Um, well, I mean, so, again, though, and then to to not defend Xander and and just go after the whole production. This is a. This is a television show with very little diversity. Exactly, yeah. That's the other thing where it's like, they're not writing it into his character because they didn't even occur to them or what? Exactly. That's, that's, yeah, that's basically what I'm implying is like, I think they just, they looked at her as secondary and insignificant. Um, and like, they didn't calculate in their brain, like, this is an attractive woman. Sure. Just like Buffy. And he's, he's always, he's always going toward any attractive woman that comes within that circle of yeah. them. Um, and this one, he was very like belittling to, I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way watching it today in 2021. Yeah, I get it. Although then do remember that in season seven, he goes on a date with Ashanti. So, right. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they evolved over the years, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that just uh, popped out to me. 
Um, and then there's the how do you how did you feel about the nobody messes with my boyfriend line? Spike is going down. You can attack me. You can send assassins after me. That's fine. But nobody messes with my boyfriend. I hate it. <laughs> I've always hated it. Yeah, me too. It's always yeah. it's played for laughs. Like it's it's like supposed to be this funny line, but I'm like that really undercuts yeah, a well, lot. I also don't I don't think it is played for laughs, but I mean maybe it was supposed to be played for laughs, but she delivers that line deadly serious. Yeah. And I've I have always been like, oh God, like stupid. So stupid. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not my favorite. Um, she just has such better, like, bet, such better comebacks, like, throughout the series. I mean, I've said it multiple times already, but it's not even Buffy. It's like a Buffy facsimile is all I'll say. But the, like, that'll put marzipan in your pie plate bingo. That's, like, that's played for comedy. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's a comedic thing. And it's just, like... That was just a dumb, a really that's dumb actually, quip. That's a good point, because comedy in this show <clears throat> plays. Yes, for sure. It, it all lands. Yeah. Um, and even if it's not the funniest line, it's still like, that's clearly comedy. But yeah. you're right, this does play very serious. Like, nobody messes with my boyfriend. I was and like, it lands like a ton of bricks. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just not for me at all. I don't yeah, care no, for it. Way. I thought of you as soon as she said it, I went, I bet you Kristen hates this line, too. <laughs> I do. It's not it's not very good. Especially because she's saying it to Kendra who has like first of all is very begrudgingly trying to save Angel, trying to help save Angel and then also has no context for having a boyfriend or doing something for somebody that you love romantically and it's so it's just like it's very tone deaf in who she's speaking to and it just she she Sarah Michelle Gellar God love her. I think she's great, but she does not deliver it well at all no. either. So it, yeah, yeah, it thud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sad trombone. Let's, let's not revisit this type of speech ever again. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, luckily, we I don't think we ever do. Uh, also, I had an interesting observation watching it this time. I never noticed this before, and then I looked it up, and a couple other people noticed too. She's wearing the same top that she wears and kind of the same hair. I mean, she has a ponytail, but in the other one, but she's wearing the same top and her hair back the way she does in The Wish in season three. Buffy. Yeah, Buffy. She's got the gray tank top. Okay. And her and her cross necklace and oh. her hair is like pulled back. And oh. it's equally an, an episode where Angel is weak in a cage. And I was like, sure. I wonder Getting if that was holy like water purposeful. Poured on him. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that was. Maybe. Maybe it was just like a visual callback because I I can't imagine that this was like a moment where like time split or anything. Yeah, right. Because Buffy wouldn't yeah. have been even been sure. there for this. But but yeah, I mean that is an interesting. It's certainly an interesting visual cue to think about that I never it never thought about it before. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, that that, that was I don't I don't know I just thought that was cool. Um, anyway, that's random. <laughs> People <laughs> who are listening and not even watching right now, are like, okay, that's great. Oh yeah, and then we're right back to so Willie brings everybody and they all fight in the church and Spike and Buffy okay are excited to fight each other. Okay, <sighs> look. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, especially because I knew I knew when we started doing this podcast, I was like, this is going to be really fun because I'll be able to get really nerdy about all of the Spike stuff that nobody else really cares for me to talk about yeah. in my everyday life. And I was like, it's going to be really fun being able to parse through their relationship from the beginning in a way that I haven't done before. And it super is because they literally Kendra is fighting Spike and Buffy is fighting the like cop lady from right. the Order of Taraka. And then literally Buffy looks at Kendra and goes switch and they flip over each other and Buffy starts fighting Spike and Spike literally says, I'd rather be fighting you anyway. Mutual. Yeah. Why would, what's the oh! point of that? Why would you say that if it didn't mean something? <laughs> it's as soon as I said so it, I was like, apparent. oh, Kristen! <laughs> It's just, it's so apparent that they've got something. And again, it goes back to the thing that I said early, which is that they are on an even footing the entire time that they're adversaries. And then after that, the entire time they're on an even footing, they're equals in this way where it almost feels like when Spike says that, that he's like, your friend isn't as good as you. <laughs> give me, <laughs> give me a challenge. Right. It's just, I, I can't stand how many different parts along the way they have established this rapport and this equity and this like desire to be around each other in varying ways with one another it is so much fun to me to like look yeah. at that and parse it it's so good yeah it is it's amazing i like i, I just and that's the thing where i get to i get to that point where i'm like i feel I also, I know that I'm a little bit biased, but I do try to watch these things with an an objective eye, especially for something like this. I don't know how you can look at the way that Angel behaves and then the way that Spike behaves and think that Angel is correct. <laughs> in any of his behavior, in his behavior with Buffy, in his behavior with the Scoobies, in, in his behavior just as like a person walking around... It none of it checks out to me. It's like no. it's the it's the behavior of somebody with no personality, just like a cipher in a hot person's body. There's like yeah. no there's <laughs> nothing behind the eyes. There's no there there. And that's where I'm just like Spike likes things, you know? Yeah. He he likes to do things. And it's that's why I like him. Yeah, Angel's like the the romance novel idea of like this pretty guy who reads poetry sure. and is too beautiful to be human, as you sure. said before. <laughs> like, yeah. he, look, um, that's not a question. He's very attractive. I've yeah, never not attractive. thought that Angel was hot. Angel is hot. David Boreanaz is hot. David Boreanaz could still get it today. Yeah. <laughs> but in this show, it's just not a viable option. I think that's the, the difference, too, is like there's... And not to say, you know, people, I'm not coming after anybody who's Angel Buffy um, or saying one one taste is better than the other. But I think a lot of discourse comes around, like, who's essentially the more attractive or, like, which mm. pair looks better together instead of looking deep into the roots of how these yeah. relationships formed and where they go over time. Also, and, uh, sorry, Spike and a Spike and Buffy look better together because he's not a hulking man who's like a <laughs> foot and a half taller than her. <laughs> Again, you're not wrong. Equity. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's very fat because because Buffy and Angel have 
essentially a season. They have season one and half yeah. of season two, which is the entirety of a whole season of growing, <laughs> quote unquote, growing a relationship. Sure. Really, they have half of season two growing a relationship because yeah. they don't do shit in season one. No. They do, they gawk at each other and that's it. It's sure. lust in season one. And season two is where they start to quote unquote fall in love. And then season three is just awkward shit. Yeah, but that's the thing about their whole relationship is they never have a basis for anything. By the right. time, and again, spoilers, but if you're listening to us this long, you already know about stuff with Spike and Buffy. But like the, the point of that is like, yes. I will always agree he wants to kill her at the beginning. A hundred percent. That's unhealthy. That being said, by the time anything does happen, they have built a rapport. They have Mm -hmm. built something that exists outside of any romantic context. And so even if they never did anything romantic, they would still have that rapport. If Buffy and Angel were not making moon eyes at each other all the time, they would have nothing. It would still be their relationship at the beginning of season one where he just is like being, you know, cryptic in the back of the crypt and then not helping her just like giving her nonsense clues or whatever. But that's not the way that it goes forward with Spike where it's like, you know, at a certain point, once he stops actively trying to kill her, it gets to, they are, they are still antagonistic towards each other, but also then the power dynamic shifts and they are able to, come to like terms with one another in a way that even by the end of season seven, Buffy and Angel have not come to terms with one another. No. And that is like what I think. I think it's just, it's unhealthy from, from before the minute one that we first witness, you know, because we've talked about Angel's past a little too. So it's unhealthy before they even meet and it's unhealthy long after the series is over and it never reaches a healthy place in a way that like, even as dark as the Spike and Buffy stuff gets, I think it's more honest and I think it's healthier the entire run because there's something more there. The the only time, this is going to be a a major spoiler, but not really, because you know Angel and Buffy aren't going to end up together. But uh, you should know that at least. You should. You should. But, know. <laughs> um, in the in the comics, which I don't think I don't think you've gotten to the very, but he he evolves to the point of understanding that he and Buffy aren't meant to be together. Sure. And they have a grown up conversation in the very end of season twelve. Yeah. And it's like it takes that long. Spike gets there way before yeah. Angel. Oh yeah, um, way emotionally, maturity, everything um, for within his relationship with Buffy, but then also within where he and Buffy land at the end of the series as well. Yeah, um, so I definitely agree. I think I, this was one of those moments that I've like I've always remembered the like I'd rather be fighting you anyway. Yeah, it's mutual. I've always remembered that, but it was like with the eye towards it in this in this rewatch where I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I was like, that is very telling in a way that, yeah. like, I think so much of the really early stuff is is more telling than it seems like on first watch. Once you've gotten to the end and you, like, know the whole journey, you go back and see something like that and you're like, oh, it's been there the whole time. It does yeah. not come out of nowhere. It's been there. There's been clues the whole way. And I think even if... This was not intended as one because I still think at this point they were like, we're going to kill him off at some point. Right. Even if that was the case, it still works as prior proof. 
Well, see, I think... Like, proof of concept. I think the reason... Because, so there's that whole story that Joss Whedon threw James Marsters against the wall because people liked him and he was pissed and he wanted to kill Spike off. I was supposed to come in and get killed off. And uh, the audience immediately reacted to me in a way that was going to make it very difficult to kill me off. And the network was telling him, oh my God, keep this guy in the show and all of that. And he's like, you're... I was basically ruining his show. There was that day when he... He pushed me up against the wall. Well, how did how did it start? Did he immediately go up to you? I don't remember. I was you don't remember. It's it, it, you know. I just were people there? Him. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he's in my face. He goes, I don't how, I don't care how popular you are, kid. You are dead. You are dead. You are dead. You got me. I think the reason Spike survived and people fell in love with him is not just because he was a fun villain, but because of his chemistry with Buffy. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because they were everybody was just like, "What is this vibe that I am loving?" And they were like, yeah. "Okay, we gotta we gotta build this up." So it's not it's not necessarily that they obviously wrote this with their love story in mind. Mm-hmm. It was more that like James Marsters and Sarah Michelle Gellar had chemistry on set from day one. Yeah. And it just grew every time they were in a scene together and people were like, I need more of this. And it naturally evolved into what most of us love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, because this is one of the moments where he was going to die in this episode. He was going to be dead. And then instead, uh, I mean, Buffy does drop an entire church organ on him. (laughs) On him. (laughs) But... I, it's, I think it's one of my favorite, like, tableaus, too, because Drusilla is, like, healed enough by this ritual that she's very strong. And so she, like, lifts him up like a rag doll by one right. arm and is like, I'll make you strong again. Yeah. <laughs> my little spike. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So that's good. Buffy, I just wrote Spike and Buffy excited to fight each other. Swoon. Yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing. And that's the kind of stuff where... Like you said, like we both said, it's not necessarily, like, it doesn't feel like they planned it, but with everything that comes in the future, you can go back and look at this, and, and it is it is evidence that's there, even though it wasn't on purpose. Right. It's so good. God, this show's so fucking good. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And then also another swoon moment, which happens, mu- like, a scene or two later, is Willow and Oz. Oh, hey. How's your arm? Suddenly painless. Oh, he's still my heart. So good. Oz is the cutest. He's so cute. I love I love Oz so much. I just have like a, a like real soft spot for Seth Green. Every time we talk about an episode with Oz, I just wanna I wanna get off the Skype and then go watch the Italian job. <laughs> like every single time. So it's so cute. And then he has this whole little riff about the animal crackers and how the monkey is the only one that has clothes. And right. it's so, and then he tells her she has the sweetest smile. It's adorable. And and he does it in response to her, her calling out the fact that he risked his life for her. And yeah. she, he just like doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't make a big deal. And it's like, whatever, you know, like, let's, yeah. let's just have some, like, it is the sweet at my, I get goosebumps every time. I'm like, you sweet, sweet little man. It's so good. I love it. I love it too, so much. Oz and Willow are really, really cute together. And yeah. like, especially at the very beginning is some of my favorite stuff. I dig it a lot. And in the episode, Buffy, you already said the Drusilla and Spike reveal at the end, but then Buffy yep. says goodbye to Kendra. Yep. And for, for whatever reason, Kendra needs to go back. Yeah, but Buffy home. gave her a shirt, so now she has still one shirt. Yeah, because the other one is the other one ripped. got ruined. 
Oh, it's so dumb. Um, oh, brother. But yeah, so she, so Kendra leaves. She won't be back until the penultimate episode of this season. Yep. Where and, Buffy wears uh, that amazing blue coat. Yes. Yeah. Buffy wears the most iconic outfit. Um, and that's it. Yep. That's everything. Pretty good episode. Weirdly, I think we mentioned last week, not the mid-season finale somehow. Um, yeah. Cause but <laughs> weirdly, maybe just for sweeps week. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's like this and then Ted and Bad Eggs. And then Surprise and in- Innocence are like a two-part which yeah. is the I which is what I think was the mid season. I think that surprise was the mid season finale. Uh, no, it's Ted. Ted it's, is the mid season finale. It's Ted, and then they come back in January with bad eggs. That's weird. So weird, right? I totally agree. I would have been like, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> I, I think I would have been furious. <laughs> I would be so mad if I had been watching it live at that time. I would have been like, yeah. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I beg all of the pardons. Um, Speaking of watching it live, just a little tiny rant. I went insane watching these shows live because especially, I think it happened more so on Angel. But if there was like a basketball game on Mm. or a basketball game, they would just randomly schedule it and they would air it on the WB or UPN or whatever, whenever it was always on. Um, They would air it and then... There would be no warning. We didn't have, like, the internet wasn't what yeah. it is today. It was still a brand new thing. And so it was like, we didn't have any warning that you're not going to be able to watch Buffy this week. And they didn't have any information on uh, where to when, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can't, some fucking basketball game is on tonight. When can I watch Angel? And then there was nowhere to look to find out. I was just, yeah. I would just have to, like, watch on us. I think they moved them to Saturdays and I'd have to, like randomly watch TV on Saturday to hope God. I could catch it. It drove was, me insane. That was one of the things that was good about me being able to watch it on like FX in the morning. Yeah. Because it was like, I was I, I also could get like basically 10 episodes in a week. Nice. So I, that's how I watched it so many times. That's how I've seen it so many times is because I would just, I would be getting ready for school and watch like almost two episodes, like one whole episode and then three quarters of the next one before I had to leave for school. Oh, wow. It was amazing. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it was great. That's what I should do. I should just have it on every morning while I'm getting the kids ready for school. <laughs> I'll be like, don't listen to it. Don't listen yeah. to it. Just turn around. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just turn around. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was that was What's My Line Part 2. As we said, next episode is Ted. Yep. Which is actually a really good episode. It is a really good episode. Um, Just not mid-season finale material. No. But we'll get into that. Um, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I am with my other podcast at So I'm Watching or my personal account at FiddleDD85. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Bye.